Hello and welcome. It's Kelly Jane McCann, professional organizer and clutter coach. And you are listening to Decluttered by Design, a podcast where I provide practical guidance to help you declutter your life with ease. Here's a heads up for new listeners. This is part five of a six-part mini-season where I'm sharing the six elements you need to reach your goals. They are vision, intention, awareness, belief, leniency, and energy. Together, they make up the viable goal framework, which will help you bridge the gap between dreaming and doing. Each episode, I'm covering one of the elements. This episode focuses on leniency. I'm going to be right up front about this because this is going to seem counterintuitive, especially when you Google around for how to reach your goals. Standard advice typically includes how you need to be more disciplined and hold yourself to a higher standard. While I absolutely agree that we need discipline, I believe that discipline is easier to develop if we're kind to ourselves. After all, if we're forever self-flagellating, it's not going to take very long before we start feeling defeated, which is anything but conducive to developing discipline. That's where leniency comes in. Far too frequently, we save kindness and empathy for others. We're terrific friends, supportive in our words, and providers of genuine encouragement. We offer thoughtful feedback and rally around others when they need help. But we fail to extend that kind of care to ourselves. We're often extremely hard on ourselves. We put ourselves under the microscope, looking for our flaws and faults, and then we call ourselves out with gusto. It's like we're searching for any opportunity to shame ourselves. Why do we do this? Why do we need to be so hyper-judgy with ourselves? Why can't we be more lenient with ourselves and show ourselves the same tolerance and mercy as we do others? Well, I think there are four conflicting beliefs at play here that prevent us from doing so, and I'm going to share what they are and then show you how to counter them. First of all, if we're lacking in self-esteem, we won't believe we deserve the same respect as others, so we won't give it to ourselves. Second is the idea that many people see leniency through the lens of crime and punishment. When a judge shows leniency, someone always shouts, not fair, they weren't punished properly. But here's the thing, we aren't in a criminal court, we haven't committed a crime, and if we did, we certainly would wish leniency for ourselves, right? The third thing is that we've come to believe that the stick is better than the carrot. That likely comes from the general idea that respectable people succeed by pulling themselves up by the bootstraps and pushing through like warriors on a mission. That's the macho way. You keep your edge by being hard on yourself. And our society tends to reward toughing things out. But struggle isn't synonymous with success. As a matter of fact, it's easy to get stuck there and stay plugged into suffering mode and somehow think it's noble. It's not. It does nothing for us except create misery, and it does nothing to help others. What would help us and others would be to show ourselves some leniency. This brings me to the fourth thing, and that's our resistance to seeing self-care as essential to success. When we see someone we love struggling, what do we do? We help them, right? If they're exhausted from trying, we encourage them to rest and recharge. But to do that ourselves, we're afraid we'd be seen as selfish. And if there's one thing we tend to avoid, especially women, it's being seen as selfish. 
The irony here is that when we show ourselves this kind of compassion, we're modeling much healthier behavior, and in doing so, we're giving others permission to do the same, which means we'll actually be dismantling the paradigm that caused us to hold those erroneous, unhelpful beliefs to begin with, which would help us leave struggle mode that much sooner and move closer to success that much faster. Now let's address that first conflict, low esteem and lack of self-respect. We often erode both through the language we use with ourselves, or in other words, our self-talk. And our self-talk matters immensely, in particular how we label ourselves. Labels can be really useful, but quite often we use labels as an excuse for staying stuck. We label ourselves when we say things like, I just wasn't born with an organizing gene, or you know me, always fashionably late because I just can't get out the door on time, or I'm a sucker for a sale, so I can never save any money. Well, these labels are like identity thieves. They steal our potential and hijack our capacity to change. But guess what? We've got complete control. I know it's easy to forget, but we do. We can show our thieving, lying, unkind alter ego to the door anytime we choose. When you change your self-talk, you can actually change who you believe you are. If you believe you can do something, you'll seek out ways to make it happen, and it's highly likely you'll succeed. The same is true when you don't believe you can do something. You'll look and find every excuse to make sure you validate that belief. So I want to make this simple challenge to you. When you hear yourself being unkind, using negative self-talk, I want you to add something to it. A dose of leniency. So instead of saying, I just wasn't born with an organizing gene, you can say, I just wasn't born with an organizing gene, but I'm working on developing one. Adding the but interrupts the negativity with a contrary notion that allows you to finish the thought on a positive note. You can even add more positivity to it by saying, I just wasn't born with an organizing gene, but I'm working on developing one and I'm getting better at it every day. I hope you can see how easy it is to change demeaning self-talk into something empowering. We're not changing the facts. It's still the same truth. You might not be organized, but you don't have to berate yourself about it. You can show yourself leniency by recognizing that you are working to improve. Now that we know how to navigate that conflict, let's see how we can counter the second and third conflicting beliefs so we can begin being kinder and more merciful to ourselves. If you recall, they're very much connected. They're both about punishing failure. But punishing failure does nothing to help us grow. It only teaches us that failure hurts. So instead of looking at leniency through that crime and punishment lens, let's look at leniency through a different lens. Let's use an academic perspective and think like teachers. Teachers who embrace leniency in the classroom know how powerful it is in helping their students build competency. These teachers reject the traditional grading process, which typically looks like this. The student gets an assignment, and if they hand in work that is subpar, they get a failing grade. What has that student learned? They've learned that they're a failure. But if they're in a classroom with a teacher who practices leniency, they get another chance, a chance to improve. And what bears out is that teachers who give second and third chances not only build goodwill with their students, the students build competency because they get to give it another go. 
The goodwill encourages them to listen to the teacher's feedback and apply what they learned, and the result is they become more competent. They also build their confidence and ultimately become better learners. These messages the teachers send is the antithesis of pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Instead, it recognizes that building competency requires a supportive environment that allows for errors and gives permission to try again. Leniency, not punishment, is more effective in nurturing the tender growth of their students. So I want to encourage you to think like those teachers and treat yourself like the student. Our life is our classroom, and we're learning how to reach our goals, which requires a good amount of trial and error. If we chastise ourselves for each mistake, we're engaging in self-sabotage. With each verbal whipping, we anchor the idea that we're flawed. But if we grant ourselves leniency, meaning we limit our negative self-talk and accept that the path to our goals naturally includes missteps, then we can take all the opportunities we need to get it right, which means success is a far likelier outcome. We'll also radically reduce mental clutter and emotional clutter, which means we'll have more capacity to focus on what it takes to actually reach our goals. It's a win all around. Now, I'd love to know what you think about this idea. You can find me everywhere at Organizing Maven, and I will be back next week with episode six in this mini series where we will focus on energy.